0: Join Jake and Ben Friday 10 to noon at the Hot Tub Factory Outlet Black Friday Sale in Draper. It's next to Cowabunga Bay, 12101 Factory Outlet Drive, 121st South Factory Outlet Drive. Time to welcome in Frank Dolce on the Smart Rain guest line. Best of State Award winner Smart Rain has an incredible Black Friday offer running for the entire month of November. Smart Rain is giving free controllers along with free Apple iPad to commercial properties who sign up with a paid cellular hosting subscription. Please visit SmartRain.net or call 877-346-3333. Frank, good morning.
1: Hey, DJ. Hey, PK. Uh, if If I forget to mention it, I'll mention it up front, but... I hope you guys both have a wonderful Thanksgiving holiday.
0: Well, right back at you. Happy Thanksgiving, Frank.
1: Thank you. Appreciate that. And, uh, PK. Yeah. you like, you're my guy. You know, you're my guy (laughs) and we're, you know, we share the South Bay roots and, but I was super offended by your Goldilocks segment about half an hour ago. (laughs)
2: Nice. <laughs> what particularly did you find offensive? See, he's a little hair challenged. Well,
1: like I, I like these. Like mm-hmm. I have no control. I have no control, you know, over my hairline. Now I shave it now because if I grew it in, I'd look like Ronald McDonald or something. But, but, but then you know, the guys that don't have to manage this issue, you know, like I'm proud of my hair, and <laughs> yeah. And you know, I'd be, and then I think you said something along the lines of, "I'd be really depressed if I lost my hair."
2: <laughs> I would, so. man. I, I only like got one or two things going on, and my hair's one of them. <laughs> and I can't mention the
1: other. Hey, bro! <laughs> wow. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah, I'm only good at three things, right? So, I, I you know, it, I'll just tell you from personal experience Uh, really, it is, it is depressing. At one point, I'm really depressed. This is not depressing. I mean, there's lots of other things that that could be challenging, and this isn't, this isn't one of them. So, but but at that moment, when you realize, when I realized, like, oh, that's it. There's no coming back from this.
2: Oh, and exactly. And my head. Yeah, I had, yeah. A, I had a friend who pretty much was bald at like 23, 24, and he gets married, and married, obviously, uh, he was young, married a gal his age, and because of his hair loss, there were people who actually thought that was his daughter. <laughs> <laughs> oh Okay, the hair loss,
0: is like wow. if you go Frank and you just go aerodynamic, aerodynamic, Jordan made bald beautiful years ago. Yeah, but that was a choice. And so, right, but now if you do it and you got the good look and Frank's sharp dresser, right, and he stays fit, he's clearly oh, a yeah, former I mean, athlete. So you, you got it going on. Fine. But you can't do anything when the whole world looks at you like... You freak. You're dating someone. You married, <laughs> dating or married someone who looks like your daughter. Like, yeah. my hair fell out. That's exactly what it was. I, I mean, they were the we're same age. 100. Yeah, they're the same age. They, they met in like, college. that really, that really sucks. That
2: crosses the line. Yeah. I know. I know. Yeah.
1: Well, no, nobody, nobody doesn't like Jordan. I mean, he, his was the classic.
2: Yeah. Like that. I, I, may, that do, I may do it and have a little earring, too.
1: You should. Yeah, you, you played it right regulation. though,
2: Frank.
0: You just you just pivoted and moved on. You made it work for you. Next, look at you. You're on TV. Yeah. You're doing the radio. You got the career going. Oh, he's on TV. I remember I used to be on TV. You will be again <laughs> one day. You watch. Frank, let's get right to it now. Your Utes. <laughs> Is that the best win since Alabama? Have you felt that good after a game since Bama? Maybe when they went up in Eugene a few years ago and put sixty on them. Maybe the well, Stanford good, upset.
1: You know, yeah, that the Stanford upset. Uh, I think was a tremendous win for Utah. So I, I'd put that one up there. I wouldn't put Alabama as high. I mean, in terms of uh, recognition and the win and the big moment. But to, to be completely honest, I think only one team was really engaged in that football game uh, against Alabama, and it wasn't Alabama. So, I, you know, I, th- I think there was a little bit of the way that, that Coach Saban managed that, and, you know, I'm certain he, that was a learning experience for him. But, uh, but Utah certainly in that game came out ready to go, and, and the other team did not. But I think for, for kind of everything that was at stake in this one, this seems like i I'm, I might put this one um, right at at the top, uh, and the way that Utah played and the way that Utah managed that game uh, was just a dominating effort i I was a little surprised uh, because I thought uh, if Oregon would be more game and Utah just beat them up right at the line of scrimmage and and Oregon could never get on track so but that that also goes back to my thought about I'm a little surprised that Oregon didn't hasn't taken another loss prior to this game. Like I've watched Oregon play almost every game this year, and I have not been overly impressed by that team. I mean, I thought it was like kind of a weird one loss team. So, uh, and and I'm and I'm not certain that team would have really made any noise. In the playoff for the Pac-12, I would have liked to have seen that team go, but but it feels to me like it, it could have been a kind of a blowout in a playoff scenario, and that doesn't really bode well for the Pac-12 either. So no. anyway, I think this this game certainly right up there at the top for Utah.
2: Yeah, no question about that. I agree with you. As I look at Cam Rising, I, I can't help but be more impressed, and I've been on his bandwagon, so I'm going to keep running it. Because it makes me look smart. And if I got one or two things that makes me look smart, I'm going to just latch onto it and never let go. Uh, But the thing I look about him, you know, he's not overwhelming in really anything. But there's a couple of plays early, like third and five, and he goes back, and the pocket is sort of collapsing a little bit, not entirely, but he picks up the first downs. And it's almost like it goes unnoticed, uh, he'll he'll scramble when it's the right time, and if he needs five, he'll get you six. You know, if he needs nine, he'll get you ten. Whatever it is, and as I look at him, as I identify him as a quarterback, nothing really stands out. Like wow, this kid is just Andrew Luck size or John Elway arm or whatever. But yet he gets the job done game after game, and I think the thing that I might be most impressed about it. With him is just his poison composure to make whatever play needs to be made, and even though it doesn't look like it's incredible, it adds up to a touchdown. You're a quarterback yourself. Evaluate what I said.
1: So his ability to, to be steady under all different circumstances, I think, is his big secret. Like he's not, he's not overwhelming in in any of those areas. Like he's not athletic like a Cam Newton and he doesn't have a rocket arm like an Aaron Rodgers. Um but he but but the things that he does, uh he does really well. He's like above average in all of the areas. Above average arm strength, above average athleticism. Way above average in the ability to remain calm under pressure, to, to keep his head about him under pressure or under that he's done all year long is I, you know, I'm sure he's done it. Um, I can't recall though when he's really put his team in a difficult circumstance because of a poor play or a poor decision that he's made there have been times and I would say Arizona is one of those times when he hasn't seemed as sharp as he typically is or as sharp as he was maybe against Oregon but on par he is he is always above average and if you can maintain that kind of you know he's not a roller coaster He from the quarterback position in this offense, then I think you're going to be really successful. He, he probably threw one or two passes in the, in the game against Oregon that, that made you a little bit nervous. Like he, he threw into pressure a couple times that may have turned the tide a little bit, um, but it didn't affect the team negatively. But over the course of the game, over the course of the season, his ability to play – Um, at a high level consistently I think is his his, uh, kind of superpower, the way that he really excels.
0: So, the team has one turnover in the last five games. He hasn't thrown a pick since ASU, and those are the only two picks he's thrown all year long. So as much as it's above average, and there's truth to that, the fact that you only have two turnovers on 251 passes. Doesn't that jump out at you? I mean, that's a great stat. If you're looking for great stats, that would be it, wouldn't it?
1: Yes, that's extraordinary. That's, uh, I mean, that that is way above average. So that's the thing I'm talking about. Is like he never puts his team in a, under difficult circumstances. Um, he, he he. It feels like you know, 99% of the time he's making the right decision, whether it's to throw the ball away, whether it's to break out of the pocket and run and not risk throwing the ball downfield or or making a play, on you know, throwing the ball on a third down. And so I think that his ability to possess the football, the fact that Utah has um, such a strong feeling about how turnovers affect the game, and his ability to manage that, and, and combined with, you know, Tavion Thomas and his ability now to control the football, he hasn't had a turnover. By the way, I hope we're not jinxing the team <laughs> heading, he, heading into call rounds. <laughs> I mean, but but their ability to play clean, I think, is the, is, the, is the way that they've been so successful. If you can remember early in the season, um, first three games, ish in you know the turnovers were just killing the team and they were on the wrong side of the turnover battle which just isn't isn't the hallmark of a, of a Kyle Whittingham coach team so yeah turnover margin the ability to hold on to the football that you, you know Utah hasn't really gotten that many turnovers on the defensive side either no but the ability to hold on to the football uh is, has certainly been meaningful for the team in their in their run lately.
2: How much credit are you giving Ludwig for the team's success offensively this season?
1: Oh, a whole bunch. I, I thought we, you know, I was pretty. Um, I, I was. I wouldn't say I was soft on Ludwig early in the season, but I thought that the way that Utah was managing the offense early in the season didn't fit. Didn't necessarily fit their personality. And that could be for lots of reasons. Maybe because of the turnovers in the running game, or 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 what. But it felt like. Utah was much more interested in trying to develop a passing game downfield, um, especially with Charlie Brewer, you know, running the controls. And at, at some point, they figured out, Coach Ludwig or the team or whatever, figured out that, you know, we're just we're going to beat people up at the line of scrimmage. We're, we're just going to run the ball, and then we're going to play action pass off of that. And that's just going to have to be good enough. And it's been more than good enough. I, I, it's interesting to think that uh, you know Cam Rising has been so good, but he's he's managed a different offense I think than Charlie Brewer, and I'm you know I'm curious to think how Charlie Brewer would be playing in the same scenario if Charlie Brewer was only throwing 18 passes in a game like Cam did against against Oregon, and only threw 20 something passes the week before, and I think. In the last several weeks, he's been averaging around the mid twenties in past attempts. That's that you know that's just not really how college football works these days. But that's what works for Utah, and and I think the way that Coach Ludwig has managed it has been very very good. Like his ability to just say, you know what, this is what is working. We're running the ball effectively against against Oregon, and we're just going to continue to pound on that. I'm sure that he had you know, several passing plays lined up passing plays that they worked on throughout the week that just never got made it to the game because circumstances didn't call for it. And so, and I think that's hard for a coordinator. I think coordinators sometimes get into this thing of, well, we worked on it. We better put it in the game. And I don't feel like Andy Ludwig has that kind of ego. He just says, let's, let's do what works. And and that's how we're going to win football games.
0: I think they're throwing the ball more now than they did uh, Tyler Huntley's senior year. But I also think that how much they throw the ball now has really followed the course of the game and what the game called for. When they're blowing out Oregon and Stanford, they're all about shortening the game, and he throws the ball 18 and 22 times because that thing was over, and it's shortened it, and the fewer plays are, Mm -hmm. fewer chance there is for anybody to get hurt because somebody rolled up on him right? You don't need to lose any more offensive or defensive linemen. Let's get this thing over and get out of here. But yeah. 30 attempts at Arizona, the game was closed. 33 against Arizona State when they had to rally. 36 against Oregon State when they lose. They will air it out. I mean, they don't they don't have a problem with that. They couldn't kill off those games just because of the way the games went.
1: Yeah, absolutely. No, no question about it. And how about Tyler Huntley? I mean, that's uh, that uh, game the other night with the Ravens, good for him. I mean, that's a, that was a tremendous per- performance. But but uh, back back to Utah, uh, yeah. I I don't think Utah's afraid of of throwing the ball, and I certainly feel like Cam uh, is capable of throwing the ball. And more importantly, uh, Utah's offensive line is much better at protecting when throwing the ball downfield, and so. That was, a, that was an enormous concern early in the season. Quarterbacks couldn't get into the, into the drop and have any sort of comfort, comfort in the pocket because the pocket was always collapsing. So, uh, and, and there were times in, in this game against Oregon where Ham stepped back in the pocket, and then he sat. I, I thought Utah would employ kind of this quick passing game to negate Thibodeau. But there were a few times in the game when, when Cam sat back in the pocket, he had time to read downfield. His offensive line did a fantastic job of creating a pocket, and he could make that throw. So, I, you know, I, as, as much as I, I want to say that Cam rising is the difference in the passing game, um, or even the way that Coach Ludwig is calling plays, or the receivers stepping forward, and you know or getting the tight ends involved, all of that stuff's great. But the truth is, the offensive line has just been much, much better in providing the ability to throw the ball downfield. And when you do that, I mean, that's it's way more than half the battle if you can protect up front and give everybody else an opportunity to do their job.
2: By the time next week we speak to you, we will know who the opponent is in Vegas. As of today and this week, we do not know, and there's three possibilities to face the Utes in Vegas next week. Do you care which one?
1: Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I think that, uh, I think that I care about that. Um, I still think that uh, like in terms of, if I had to pick matchups, like uh, I still think that, that uh, Oregon is the most athletic team in the conference. I don't think they, you know, I, am not, I'm not sure they were ever the number three team in the country, but I think they're most the most athletic team in the conference. And they have the most dynamic players on the field who can change a game, and and they just didn't they didn't play up to their potential. I mean, Utah was really good, and I thought Oregon um, was negated by what Utah did. But I think there's a different Oregon team available, so I would put Oregon as the most difficult matchup. Um, I would put Oregon State. As the second most difficult matchup, although I think um, Utah can, can move the ball against Oregon State defensively, but but there's still that question mark. Can Utah control Oregon State's running game? Utah certainly knew what they were up against the first time they they went to the Corvallis, but didn't manage it very well. So I think that would I would say Oregon State would be the second most difficult contest and then I think Washington State um, is pr- provides significant challenges for Utah but challenges I think Utah matches up well against and so um, that's uh, um, I think of the three that's the most winnable kind of game uh, if Utah is playing really well I think, I think they get over Washington State with the most ease but but all three of those, are losable games as well. I mean, I think those are those are difficult matchups. Each a little bit different. So, so if I had to rank them, that's how I would put it. It's Oregon most difficult. Second would be Oregon State. Third um, most difficult would be Washington State.
0: But it's gonna be Washington State because that way the Pac twelve can have a seven and five team in their championship game and take uh, yeah, I don't want that. <laughs> and take more grief nationally. Right. And it's the same logic you said the Utes will beat Oregon, absolutely, because that'll knock the Pac twelve out of the playoffs for right. sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no. I I you know, if the conference can figure out how to make it as ridiculous as possible, then that's that's what the conference is, is going to do. And we I, I think we've seen that. Throughout the football season, I mean, how does you guys have watched Stanford play the last several weeks? How does Oregon lose to Stanford? I don't know. How, how does that How does that occur? Oregon, I mean, Stanford is terrible. Yep. Stanford, Stanford yeah. is awful. And by the way, that kind of awful Stanford team that's out on the field right now, anywhere else in the in the country, that head coach is in trouble. Like. if if a head coach look at what happened to Dan Mullen. if a head coach throws out a season like Stanford is throwing out right now, that head coach is on the hot seat I I have not heard one ounce of chatter about David Shaw, and by the way, I like David Shaw, I don't want him to be in trouble I think he's a good good fit at Stanford but it's just interesting how the conference manages those things relative uh, to other conferences competing in college football
0: Frank, as always, we appreciate it. Happy Thanksgiving.
1: Man, you guys are the best. Happy Thanksgiving. Uh, Have a great week, and we'll talk to you next week.
0: Frank Dolce, our Ute Insider Analyst for the Zone Sports Network. Dylan Cauley, former BYU wide receiver, is coming up at 9 o'clock. Stay with us.